The opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice. Hi, I'm Kristen Holstrom. And I'm Sam McBride, and we are the Custody Queens. We have a new show that we couldn't be more excited about. If you're going through a custody battle, fighting for your parental rights, or going through a horrible divorce, nothing is off limits on our new show. Thought it was love, had kids in between, you can count on us with the custody queens, yeah, you can count on us with the custody queens. Raise them and praise them, it is Saturday morning and we are back with the custody queens. And we are back with our very special guest, Tammy, and if anyone missed part one, make sure you go on YouTube and listen to it. Um, Tammy, welcome back. Thank you for having me again. (laughs) (laughs) We love having our colleagues, our friends, uh, you know, on the show with us because it's just casual conversation for us. And I actually use this as my girl time. And when we have, you know, some of my favorite celebrity guests like Tyler Gray from SEAL Team, you know, this is so much fun for for us to be a part of. So thank you for coming back. All right. So today, Kristen and I and Tammy are going to go through a year in review, discuss our highs and lows and how we think we've grown professionally. I love it. And you know what? I, you know, I love hearing that judges listen to our show, that other attorneys listen to our show. Uh, Sam and I recently had a pretty prominent judge come up to us and tell us that uh, this is the first legal show that she is able to watch and listen to without throwing, you know, a shoe at the radio or the TV and uh, that she really enjoys it. So that's a huge kind of compliment to us that I was very grateful for. I did remind me that I should be a little bit more careful with things that come out of my mouth (laughs) since we do have judges listening to this show, but I appreciate all of you joining us this morning and every Saturday. That's exactly right. And Kristen and I try to keep it very authentic, but we also want to make sure that everyone gets a good feel for what it's like and from an educational standpoint, what it's like to go through the family law process. So that's our, our hope and our goal in the show. All right, Tammy, let's uh, let's first start off with the most laughable moment that you had of the last year. The most laughable moment I had of last year. That would probably be around Christmas time. We were trying to lighten the mood with COVID going on in the office. And Kristen had me bringing people in to the restroom because we had bought fart spray and we wanted to see their reactions. So it's just a spray that you can get on Amazon. I think I bought it for, uh, we did a white elephant gift exchange at the office for the holidays. And so, you know me, I can't go buy an average gift. I love making people laugh and I love making people uncomfortable. So we had, you know, Tammy go and grab individuals and just tell them that like the toilet paper needed to be, you know, stocked or that new soap needed to be placed in the bathroom. And then we would videotape their uh, reaction. (laughs) And, you know, it's just one of those things that just makes you laugh because it makes everybody uncomfortable, those situations. But it really just brought some joy and humor to the office. You know, what we do can be very emotional and very draining. And so I try to like to keep everybody laughing every Kristen's very funny yes she is and it was a fun day and everyone was laughing and it kind of just brought the whole spirit up and everybody was in a good mood and then of course you know it makes us have better ideas for next year (laughs) (laughs) that was a very laughable moment (laughs) what about you Sam um you know I don't know I don't know that I have like a specific laughable moment um 
I don't know. I'm at a loss. Do you have like a OMG moment? Um, I have like a breaking point moment. Okay, give us your breaking point. Um, I think I'm probably the most unlucky. Well, I'm a horrible driver. Everyone knows that. I'm always saying sorry when I'm on the road. I try to obey the laws. I go the speed limit, but I'm not a very good driver. She's but awful. Yeah, and I know it. Um, so my hand's normally out the window making apologies. I'm on an apology tour at all times. But I think I had five flat tires last year. Five. <laughs> And it become it became somewhat of a joke because like nobody gets that many flat tires, so I like kind of started to get paranoid. But it's probably I probably was just driving over a bed of nails always. I don't know. But let them know it was over a fairly short period of like time. Like six weeks. Yeah. We we were actually starting to go through our our list of opposing parties to see if anybody was you know making Sam have flat tires. Yeah, and um, it became quite the joke because we have a tire place just up the street from our work it's probably like two three hundred yards and so I would just get a flat park my car at the tire place wave hi to the boys who knew me from the week before and just walk to work and it was just kind of like a regimen that went on for some time and we actually have someone at the office saw me walking down the street and didn't pick me up and then when I got to the office, I was like, why? Like, I thought we were friends. Like, oh, I don't know. I thought maybe you're getting some morning exercise, just like, you know, walking down the road. But yeah, I guess I guess that's it. Yeah, that, no, that was it, it was a little concerning there for, you know, a little bit. I'm thinking, gosh, is someone kind of trying to hurt Sam? And then, you know, when you kind of put Sam together, you know, put all the pieces that would happen to her. Mm-hmm. That would happen to her. I think Sam is kind of the person that would probably drive away from the gas station with the gas nozzle still in her car. I could totally see her I, doing that. I might have done that, but I'm the person that wouldn't know I did it. Yeah. <laughs> I've know? actually done it, but I went back to tell him and then I think I yeah, ended up I paying might, him. I might owe some people some money without knowing it. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, I had a, a lot of breaking points, you know, and I think that's what people like when they when they listen to us is our transparency and our honesty there's not a lot that i'm not willing to talk about but you know uh, there were some some desperate moments but i want to talk about like an omg moment um and i think i already told everyone when i when i yeah at the beginning of the pandemic when i went shopping through walmart with lime green leggings and socks and pink crocs but that that was a good day where it made me kind of look in the mirror But I learned a lot of things over the last year. I learned that no matter how much do-it-yourself stuff I buy on Amazon, (laughs) I cannot do my own nails. (laughs) I have bought everything from, you know, a hundred dips, a hundred gels. I bought, you know, the the tool, the power tool. That one didn't work great, so I bought another one. I think I even bought a third. I had like three salon dryers. I mean, I had the whole nail salon. (laughs) And I would spend hours trying to figure it out. And the dip process, that is no joke, okay? And everyone beware, that top layer of, of the dip that's supposed to, you know, finish the deal on your nails, I actually spilt that bottle on my marble countertop and then my first reaction was to take a paper towel and to clean it. Well, the paper towel literally just singed into my tile. It almost like it was like burning. And it took, I had to buy every glue be gone, everything off of Amazon to try to get it out. And it actually took my house cleaner about two or three times of trying different services to get that paper towel off my counter. I also learned that um, I can wax my eyebrows now by myself. 
totally can do it. Um, <laughs> but I cannot, I'm still not very good at eyelashes. And I actually super glued, I used the wrong glue and super, glue, super glued my eyelash to my eyelid. And I had to use glue be gone or goo be gone <laughs> to get it off. And then I proceeded to try to trim the glue off my eyelashes and actually cut half my eyelashes off. So don't use kitchen scissors to, you know, trim your eyelashes. But I also learned <laughs> that I learned a lot this last year of just hum humanity and to be a better person and to not assume that we know what people are going through. I think this last year really opened my eyes up outside of my immediate presence. And for that, I'm really grateful. I, I feel like I've been able to look at situations differently, put myself in situations you know, that I normally wouldn't think of. And I think that that has really allowed me to grow as a human being. And so for everything that's happened, I am grateful that I was forced to grow up in some way. I agree. I think this last two years, I would say, last year's wide opening, I think with um, the kids being home every day for a year was a lot of learning how to be more patient. Um, I learned that I'm very thankful for the people in my life because I don't think you always say it, you just think they know. Until those big moments happen where everything changes you. Obviously, we talked about this past year with my dad passing a few months ago. I truly found out what was most important and who was most important. And it also gave me a chance to really realize that I want to do things and I think I always have the time. And I think now I realize that just do it. Take the jump, you know, take the risk, get out there, do it because you don't know. And I feel like it gave me an extra like lesson in life that, you know, I can do a lot more than I'm doing now. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of what I've noticed is that the the funny thing about trauma and loss, and there's not much funny about it, but without it, and it's not to say that I want anyone to go through it, but we all have our own trauma or loss and things going on. And we all still have to live our life. And a lot of people don't necessarily know what's going on in our life at that time. But, you know, going through that as a person, I think allows you to really see the other side of it and appreciate your life and look deeper into things, you know? And I, um, I noticed something this year about myself is I often will watch other people kind of disclose what's going on in their life. And if you know me, I'm a pretty private person. I'm a jokester, but I'm a private person. And I, I realized that I need to be more open about who I am and what struggles I'm going through, because if I don't tell people how I feel, then I'm just happy Sam all the time. So that's something that I've been working on growing personally is like reaching out when I need help or when I'm not going through something. No, and, and I love that you're recognizing that and because Sam has so many wonderful qualities that people just admire. And, and I think it's really important in life these days to show people who you are. If you don't ask for something, you don't know what the answer is. If you don't tell somebody what you're going through, it's hard for other people to be empathetic to your situation. And I think that's taught me as a parent, you know, to really teach my kids you know, to be kinder to everyone, you know, at, at the school that I watched that Turpin documentary recently on Hulu. So did I. Yeah, Tammy actually recommended it to me. And even as an attorney and someone who's been in family law for a very long time, it was hard for me to watch. Right. And I, I've seen it all. I've heard it all. And I've been through a lot of it. 
but it was so hard for me to watch that documentary. And then I think there was a doctor that had had come out and wrote um, a book or a letter to one of the Turpin kids, and they were classmates, you know, 15 years ago. Yes. And this man was now a very successful doctor, and the whole point of his blog or whatever it was, was that, you know, that girl that smelled sitting across from him in school was one of the Turpin children, and I think she was one of the actual adults, um, you know, now. And so I try to teach it, and Riley came up to me as I was watching this, and I actually let her watch a little bit of it, um, you know, not where anything was not age appropriate for her and my daughter asked me a lot of questions and I'm a very honest parent obviously I choose the right words to explain what she's watching but I was explaining to her that you know all the kids at your school treat them all the same do not make judgments about any of them because we don't know what is going on in their house right and if that's something that I can teach my kids now as children it, it I have succeeded as a parent. There you go. So Tammy, you've been through some challenging moments, you know, in the in the last year when it comes to your children. I know you've had a child that's been medically diagnosed with diabetes. Uh, you've had another child that has struggled with some identity issues, and you've had an issue with, you know, your child being bullied at school. And these are all things that I've been through with you and her children are, are like my children, so I get very protective. But why don't you share with our listeners on kind of how they can start the process, how, what you've learned from dealing with those issues? Uh, well, I guess the first thing for me as a parent is when these things occur for some of these single parents, whether you're a single father, single mother, it's really hard for, with the relationship with your children, I want my kids to always come to me and feel they can tell me anything. But the fact that just recently, my child that um, has diabetes type one, we were in the hospital for a couple days with a little scare. And at the same time, my other child, who's my younger child, was getting bullied at school. And that child at 12 years old actually felt bad to tell me that she was in trouble because I was already dealing with a sick child. And in my mind, when I found out, I felt like, gosh, I suck as a parent, you know, what am I doing? But at the same time, I was so proud and so like touched that my daughter had the ability to know that just for a moment, I had to be there for her sibling. And she stepped back and waited till I had that under control so that I wouldn't lose it. And then came to me and then as a family again, we sat down and I reached out to the people that were in charge And in life, you're not gonna always get the answer you want. And I'm very, I guess, realistic when it comes to schooling and kids and the things that they go through. Unfortunately, in the world we live in today, it scares me a lot more than maybe 20 years ago. But I let my children guide me on what's best for them. I I want to guide them in the right directions, but overall for me as a parent, I allow my children to tell me what works for them. Because at the end of the day, they have to wake up and live in their own skin. They have to wake up and look at themselves in the mirror. And I've already lived my life. This is their life. So I'm more of a parent that will put in my input, put in my ideas and my thoughts. But at the end of the day, I really want my child to grow within themselves and tell me what works. And I will stand by them 100%. 
that, and I think that's really important and enlightening for most of us. And it should be noted that that you know Tammy's younger children are still not little humans. Um, you know, I think your youngest is twelve. Yeah, and so we're not talking about a four or five year old who says that they don't want to brush their teeth or they don't want to go to school that day. We're talking about you know adolescents that are at a place where they should be heard. Now, do I think that all children should be able to make decisions for themselves? No, but I think what Tammy is getting at is that she's asking for their feedback so that they can come up with a plan together. together. Exactly, we're a team and the team, it's two people or three working together, finding the best solutions that works for us and for them. And that doesn't mean it works for everyone. And that's kind of how with my son that is transitioning, I've been very open about that with people because as I'm learning and being educated, I find that some people feel they can't talk about it and I never want my child to feel that way. So I'm a big advocate about expressing yourself, You, but know that everybody has a right to their own opinion, their own feelings, the same way they do. So at the same time, you have to respect that. And if you don't like something or you're uncomfortable with something, find a different situation. Don't judge somebody or be angry because they don't feel the same way. And I'm really big on that with my children because everybody in this world has a right to feel any way they want to feel. At the same time, we have to learn to respect things. You don't always have to like it, but you should respect it just in a personal sense for my children. That's my raising ability. Yeah, and I think, you know, another kind of thing to add on to that is it really is important to check in on your people, your children, your friends, your parents, whoever it is in your circle to check in on them because not everyone has the same emotional response as the next person. And so you may not know that somebody's opinion is a certain way or that someone has changed their mind about something. So I think it's important. I need more people to check in on me. I'm just calling Definitely. it out. Definitely, got you, got you. <laughs> no, but I mean, it, I, I think it's important because a lot of times I may think someone in my circle is you know, upset or struggling with a certain issue and then after having a, a conversation with them I realize it's something completely different. So I, I think communication is, is really important. I think that's great that you do that, Tammy. Thank you. So maybe your marriage didn't go as planned or maybe you didn't pick the best partner to have a child with. Or could it just be baby mama drama? Well, no matter what the situation is, we can help. We are the Custody Queens and you can call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. Over the last year, we've had several people, um, you know, parties call in for a consult that deals with children and identity issues. This has kind of been something that's that's been coming up and, and pretty frequently in a lot of cases right now. Tammy, if you could give our listeners or any other parent that's going through this process, could you kind of guide them on some tips that, you know, through your journey? Um, well, through my journey, I'll be honest, the first thing I did was pop up on Google, like websites and groups, mom groups, you know, family groups, therapy. Um, I've learned a lot that I was fully unprepared to learn. I, I've been amazed and I'm actually very intrigued. I really like to learn new things already. So this has been an exciting journey. I know it's scary, but I say educate yourself. Really talk to your kids and let them educate you. But I educate myself. I watch documentaries on things. I want to know the process. I, I talked to my, the, my child that is transitioning is diabetic. So for me, I have two series of things I have to look at. As the transitioning goes, I have to look at the medical part because eventually those things will tie into each other. Um, 
we look for therapy. Um, that's something they suggested. Um, and not because I think that my child needs to have therapy to say you're right or wrong. It's a way for them to learn how to express themselves as they told us and how for me to learn as a parent to process. say the right words and process information. So as a family, we do therapy um, and we talk about things. If something seems weird to someone or uncomfortable and something's happened to, the, to my child at school or someone has looked at us a different way, we talk about it. We don't ignore anything. We just openly have like little group sessions of our own in our house and we just lean on each other for different opinions um, based on the fact that everyone's got one so it's a nice way to interact it's kind of like a talk show at home that is for sure everybody has opinions about everything and you can't let all those opinions you know get in your head because then we would all never leave our house because we'll be judged for everything we say or do and uh, since Sam and I have kind of been a little bit more in the public you know we get judged too and you know you just have to you have to go with the flow but one thing that i do admire that that tammy did through that process that i remember really having a moment where i was like i am really proud of my friend the mother and it was when you know hayden started going through this process and she she told her daughter no you go do the research you find out how this process works and you come back to me after you've done your homework and that's very similar to the advice i would give my clients is you kind of figure out what therapist you're looking for whatever the issue is everybody needs a therapist and then let's navigate the issue together i couldn't yeah. agree more i really it, couldn't. it really is important that for me that my child's comfortable with the person they're speaking with so we he's interviewed different therapists you know whether he's more comfortable with the male therapist or i definitely know my son does not like group therapy he's more of a one-on-one -on -one. and once we got all that situated and meeting doctors then it was okay now me and you are going to go together and we do it together as a journey but i always want him to feel that he is comfortable because that's key comfortability and being able to feel that you could tell somebody something and communicate with them without feeling that scared or nervousness. And so that's really important to me with Hayden. Hayden has literally amazed me with this transition and his ability to know who he is and be good with it. And that makes me feel like I didn't do that bad of a job so far. You're doing a good job, mom. <laughs> Making it. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and do a client email. Okay. Uh, Cindy from West Covina wrote, I have joint physical and legal custody with my ex for our daughter who's 11. During the school break, I had her vaccinated for COVID. My ex had COVID twice and I thought the schools would make it mandatory. My ex went nuts. He doesn't believe in the vaccine, nor did he want our daughter to get it. I thought I was doing the right thing for our daughter. Was I wrong? This is a very popular question and a very relevant question. I probably get I don't know, a handful of people calling every week with this exact question. So the first question is, do you have court orders in place that designate who has legal custody? Is it sole? Is it joint? Do your, do your orders say that you have to confer regarding medical decisions? Do they say that you have to consult? Do they say you have to get consent? Because not all orders are the same. So that would be the first question I would ask. Um, you know, the second question, well, there's many more questions, but really my analysis that I've been giving, because I have had clients on both sides of this. One parent wants to get the vaccine, the other parent doesn't. So if your orders just say that you have to confer or you have to consult, both parents have the ability, arguably, to take the child to get vaccinated. 
Yeah, just to add to that, you know, it's a, it's a new issue for everyone, right? So even though COVID's been going on for longer than anyone wants to admit, there's really kind of a polarized side of beliefs pro-vaccine um, or against vaccine. And it's less for Kristen and I to decide that issue for you or tell you what you should do. It's more to say, okay, how does this navigate itself through the family law realm? One, do you have court orders? Are you following them? You need to make sure you're following them. If you don't have court orders, is there something you need to do to get a court order to get something done? Um, and so you really have to work through it. Every case is different. And it looks like at least in this email, um, there was at least part of the premise of getting the child vaccinated was on accident. Like I was doing it because I thought it was mandatory or was gonna be mandatory for school and stuff like that happened. So we're not encouraging anyone to run and make a decision or to make a unilateral decision unless you have a court order, which allows you to do that. But it's a topic for discussion and there's not a lot of law around it. So the best thing we have right now is to analyze what your legal custodial arrangement is and what is the best option for you. And often it's parenting with the other parent, right? Coming together to make these decisions. If there are special medical needs involved, we may say, hey, you guys need to have a joint call with the doctor so that you can talk through further potential concerns and then go from there. Yeah, Sam just nailed it right now. Um, that is one of the biggest questions I ask before I give advice on that issue, because like I said, it's come up. I probably have 10 cases dealing with this exact issue, is that if your child has some underlying health conditions that may be affected by getting the vaccine, and I'm not here to say pro-vaccine or or no vaccine, that is that is for each individual set of parents to decide for their child. But if there are underlying medical issues, then clearly you as a parent or both parents should have a conversation with the uh, doctor and they can give their advice on whether or not it should happen. If there is no underlying medical issues and your orders only have only say that you have to confer or consult, then each either one of you has the ability to take the child to get vaccine as both parents have the ability to get medical treatment for the child. Now, I always say, before you go out and do something, have a conversation with the other parent. You know, um, it, that's just basic parenting 101. I can tell you that if it gets to court, the judges are pretty united and the court system is pretty united that vaccines should be, should be had. And that's just my personal, belief of what I have seen in court. Not my personal opinion at all, either way. Um, I can tell you I personally am vaccinated, but I don't hold anything against anyone who chooses not to go that route. We know divorce can be difficult and scary when it comes to the custody of your children. I'm Kristen Holstrop. And I'm Sam McBride. And we are the Custody Queens. We are family law attorneys here in Southern California and are committed to compassionate and aggressive representation. With custom case strategies, we can achieve the best outcome for your case. So call us and tell us how the Custody Queens can help you. Call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. When we're talking about legal custody, we're talking about health, education, and welfare of your children or your child. And the kind of interplay between two parents having that conversation and moving forward. So it's really important to get that under control and it doesn't have to be about covid or a vaccine it could be about a different medical issue or a school or a whether, type of medicine yeah or or education 
private education, public education, who's paying the cost, is one better than the other? And there's a lot of considerations there. So it goes back to, look, we as attorneys can't make decisions for your life that's for you as a parent or parents to make jointly, but we can tell you how the law interacts with it. Yeah, and I would encourage you if you have this question or if you're wondering what your options are, you should call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's 1-800-419-7772. Obviously, my analysis will depend on your set of facts and what you're calling for. Um, you know, sometimes in life, it is better to do something and ask for forgiveness later if it is if it is relevant to an issue. But if there are court orders and you see that word that says consent, you really should talk to an attorney. And the hard part with with the vaccine is you can't undo it. So if your child has underlying health issues and you just go and, and get the vaccine without consulting with the other parent, without consulting with the medical provider, you can't just undo it. So knowledge is power, educate yourself, have a meaningful parenting conversation and call us at 1-800-419-7772. That's exactly right, Kristen. And unfortunately, that's all for today. So, Tammy, thank you again for joining thank us. Thank you guys for having me again. And thank you again, Tammy, from the bottom of our hearts and our listeners, you know, talking about very personal issues about your family, about your children with people that you don't know. Uh, it, it's very difficult. And I really give you a lot of props, Tammy, because you're helping a lot of other parents that are going through the same issue or other issues. Thanks. All right, everybody, make sure you follow us on social media and tune in every Saturday at 8.30 a.m. on Go Country 105. And remember, let, let love, love rule. Thought it was love, had kids in between. You can count on us, we're the custody queens. Yeah, you can count on us, we're the custody the opinions expressed on the Custody Queen Show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal, professional legal advice. The persons discussed are fictional and not based on actual clients.